You're listening to Grace Saves All, the podcast which exists at the spiritual intersection of Christianity and universal salvation. In this podcast, we will be exploring an ancient and modern approach to Christianity, which affirms both that grace saves alone and that grace goes to all. And now, here is David Artman, author of Grace Saves All, The Necessity of Christian Universalism. Hello again, friends. In this episode, we continue constructing a Christian vision of a completely good God who is also all-powerful and all-knowing, whose intentions have always been good towards everyone, and whose good intentions will ultimately prevail in all of our lives. Life is hard on all of us, and we could be very discouraged about it. But there is a way for us to believe that all of life's struggles are working together towards something which will be good for all of us. Because if we can believe in God's ultimate victory with all, then we can trust that all of our struggles will finally be fully resolved, and all of us will finally see the big picture, and we will all be made whole, and then God will finally be all in all. It's so much easier to be positive and optimistic in life, and so much more possible to weather the storms of life, when we can approach life with this kind of positive spirituality, in which grace is God's way of finally saving everyone. Now at this point I'd like to clear something up. When I say that I believe salvation is by grace alone, and that this salvation will finally extend to everyone, this doesn't exclude the necessity of our real participation in the process along the way. Being saved by grace alone doesn't negate our real participation. Salvation by grace alone doesn't mean God acts alone and we are just bystanders. Being saved by grace alone doesn't mean it will all happen for us without any effort on our part. Salvation by grace alone doesn't mean we have no work to do, just the opposite. We will have real struggles and real work and real hardship along the way. You might be in the midst of some of this right now. Grace does not mean God will make everything easy for us, but grace does mean God will be with us through everything. So if you're going through something really hard right now, what this means is that God is with you right in the middle of it. Grace means God doesn't give up when the going gets tough. And even if the going is so tough that we do fail, it doesn't mean that our failure will last forever because we can trust that God continues to be with us and that God has built into us everything necessary in order to secure our final triumph. Ultimately, we will all reach the good destiny God planned for us from the beginning. Although it's not a perfect analogy, I sometimes compare all of this to a parent teaching a child how to ride a bike. The parent does not ride the bike for the child, but the parent does stay with them and walk beside them as they wobble along, encouraging the child over and over again, reinforcing with them that they are going to be able to do this, and also reassuring the child that they will be with them until they finally do get it. What I'm trying to get at is that in the long run, and it could be conceivably an extraordinarily long run for some of us, God won't give up on any of us, and all of us will finally be able to come to the good end God planned for us from the beginning. 
In order to make sense out of all of this theologically, I put it together in five biblically grounded points which build on each other. I've already covered point one, that God is a loving parent to all, and point two, that God sincerely wants to save all. In this podcast, we are going to move on to my third point, and that is, God in Christ covers the sin of all. Our first scripture in support of this point is from the fifth chapter of Paul's letter to the church in Rome, Romans 5.18, which reads, Therefore, just as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. Think about how there is a perfect parallel here. Paul, speaking of Adam, says that he did something which affected everyone. And then Paul, speaking of Jesus, says that he also did something which affected everyone. According to Paul, Adam included us all or covered us all in condemnation. We didn't have to ask to be included in the condemnation of Adam. We didn't have to ask Adam into our hearts in order to be included. We didn't have to accept Adam as our representative when it comes to sin. Adam sinned, and somehow, according to Paul, we were all included in the negative consequences which followed. But now, what Paul is getting to in Romans chapter 5, is that Jesus has done one better than Adam. Because according to Paul, Jesus came along and included us all, or covered us all, in justification. Jesus covered over Adam's cover. Jesus' righteousness covered over our unrighteousness. We didn't have to ask in order to be included in this covering of righteousness. We didn't have to ask Jesus into our hearts in order to be included. We didn't have to accept Jesus as our representative when it comes to justification. Jesus was perfectly obedient, perfectly righteous, and the result, according to Paul, is that we were all included or covered in the positive consequences which Jesus' righteous obedience brought. So according to Paul, here in the fifth chapter of Romans, Adam covered all of us in transgression, and then Jesus covered all of us in righteousness. Our next scripture comes from 2 Corinthians 5:14, which reads, For the love of Christ urges us on, because we are convinced that one has died for all, therefore all have died. Notice again the parallelism here. One has died for all, and therefore all have died. When Jesus died on the cross, somehow he included all of humanity in that moment. We didn't have to do anything in order to be included. We only had to be part of humanity to be included. What this is all establishing is pretty momentous when you start thinking about it. I remember growing up outside the church and not having much understanding of these kinds of things, but I do remember one message that I kept hearing, which was this. In order to be included in the salvation Jesus brought into the world, there were certain things that I had to do, or else I would be left behind, or worse, thrown into hell forever. And so it was very eye-opening for me and healing for me to come across these passages where it turns out that Jesus was including me in what he was doing 
before I ever did anything or had to do anything. Jesus was covering my unrighteousness with his righteousness before I was ever born or doing anything. And Jesus was including me in his death in the same kind of way. All of this is helping me to see that inclusion in Christ, and therefore inclusion in God, is not something that I have to accomplish or that we have to accomplish, because it's all a gift. Jesus' birth and life and death and resurrection was God's way of including us all. And I see echoes of this inclusion in another passage, which I find tremendously encouraging. Colossians 3.3, which reads, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. What stands out to me here is the same theme of death and inclusion. The message I take from this is that death, something which certainly seems negative, ironically has the positive effect of including us in the life that truly is life. Death and inclusion seem to go together in what's happening between Jesus and all of us. When Christ died on the cross, we died with him in some way, and that was his way of establishing a solidarity with us, which brings us into God in a way that covers us and protects us. We killed Jesus, we as humanity killed Jesus, and he took that death, and instead of destroying us for it, he used it to include us and to cover us and to bless us. Another passage which rings out this truth is found in 1 John 2.2, which reads, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So here is a passage written from the early Christian community, making clear their understanding that Jesus wasn't just atoning for their sins, but that Jesus was atoning for the sins of the whole world. Because, they very clearly say here, he didn't just atone for our sins on the cross, he atoned for everyone's sins on the cross. I believe I can see in all of this strong biblical evidence that when Christ died, we all died, and we were all included in him. And that means that Jesus atoned for the sins of the whole world. I see further biblical evidence for this in 1 Timothy 2, 5-6, which reads, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Notice here the emphasis again on the inclusion of all. Jesus is the ransom for all people. Now, when a ransom is paid, the result is liberation and freedom. And so Jesus is the one who liberates and frees the entire human community from its captivity or its bondage to sin and death. And now just one more scripture, although I think this one is very significant. 2 Corinthians 5.19, which states, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Here we are told that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and not counting people's sins against them. So what that tells me is that God is already reconciled with humanity and not holding sins against humanity. And that means to me that faith isn't necessary in order for us to be included in forgiveness. 
but faith is necessary in order for us to experience the forgiveness in which we have already been included by grace. Faith, then, is not how we get grace. Grace is how we get faith. Grace precedes and powers everything, including faith itself. I sometimes think about this using the analogy of a bridge going over a great chasm. If I do not have faith that the bridge will actually support me, then I will not use the bridge to walk over the chasm and be able to experience what is on the other side. It's not faith which makes the bridge reliable. But I will not be able to use the bridge to cross until I have faith that it is reliable. The analogy is this. It is not my faith which includes me in salvation and makes my salvation possible, but it is my faith which allows me to experience the salvation in which I have been included by grace. Faith is necessary in order for us to experience salvation, so in this sense we can't be saved without faith. But faith is not what includes us in salvation. Grace is what includes us in salvation. Grace is what covers our sin, because it all comes to us as a gift from God. We don't have to do anything to be included in it, but we do have to do things in order to experience it. So now let me take all of this and make it personal. Adam's trespass covered you in condemnation, but Jesus' righteousness covers your condemnation and justification in life. Jesus died for you, and you are included in his death. Since you have been included in the death of Christ, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Jesus, through his sacrifice, atoned for your sins. Jesus, in his sacrifice, also paid your ransom. God, in Christ, has reconciled himself to you, and God is not counting your sins against you. This is all a gift to you. You don't need to earn it. You don't need to qualify for it. You can't earn it, and you can't qualify for it. It's all beyond you, but it's not all beyond God. It's all a part of God's grace to you. It's all a gift. And so that's my third point. God in Christ has covered the sin of the world, which means that God in Christ has covered your sin as well. All right, now we are ready to move on to my fourth point, which has to do with God being sovereign over all. Until next time then, I invite you to join me in believing in a grace that saves all. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Grace Saves All. You can help spread the word by sharing this podcast with others and by giving it a rating on iTunes. If you want to find out more about David or if you'd like to leave him a message, go to his website, davidartman.net. In the meantime, let's work together to help a hurting world know about the greatest news ever announced.